Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Ed. This is Kevin. And we come to you after the first UCLA victory of the season. In front of zero fans. (laughs) (laughs) No, remember they were all in the shade because it was 110 degrees out there. This is true. Um, I don't know if uh, anybody has caught the recent media narrative around UCLA football, which is not fully untrue, but I do think that it is being uh, a little overblown that we uh, don't get fans out there. We don't, but also not as uh, dire as I guess it looks on TV. Yeah, I guess real quickly we can touch on the fan thing and then we can get to the game. Um, the real stuff. The real stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's as much you know media coverage on this as maybe there was in last season or in the off season, because uh, because week one people are talking about other things right now. Uh, there's some of those tweets out there that are kind of embarrassing and and all that stuff is there. Uh, I think. Obviously, like we can list out all the factors for why there are not as many fans coming to this particular game. Starting with the fact that uh, the kickoff time—I don't know why Horrible. this was an eleven or eleven thirty kickoff. I, I, they easily could have swapped this into the night game and put Stanford Colgate, uh, you know, earlier in the afternoon. Um, but the kickoff time was terrible, eleven thirty, uh, and then you have obviously the weather, which with that kickoff time is going to be terrible uh so those two factors are there combined with the fact that you know ucl is coming off a pretty uninspiring eight and four season you know all these things into consideration bowling green being the opponent i don't think anybody expected a lot of fans to be there now with that said it doesn't look very good this is you know obviously like you know a a low of attendance even for for ucla but i did go and look at this a little bit um you know, just even in the good seasons, like what kind of attendance should we be expecting from a UCLA team in these kind of games, right? Because I think when UCLA is good, the conference games do get a lot of attendance. They do get 70,000, 80,000 in there. Um, but when when you play these, you know, cream puff states, you know, how much attendance do you get? And I don't know how reliable all the data is if you look on, you know, all the season recaps on Wikipedia, but usually you're looking for about forty to 50,000 fans when you're playing a cupcake team on an afternoon kickoff. Uh, so we got the official number is 27,000, so a little less than that. Um, all in all, I would say with all the factors that we described, I don't think anything's too shocking here. No, it's not at all. I mean, the the other factor here is, is the Rose Bowl is so massive, right? So you put 27,000 people in it, it looks like there's 27 people in it. You put 27,000 people in, say, even Otson, and it'll look a lot more full. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's, there's also a, a symptom here of, of it just being such a large stadium that it makes it, you know, exaggerates the uh, low attendance a little bit. So it is a problem. I mean, I know UCLA is now refusing to um, disclose how many season seats they've sold, which they've done in the past. They're, there's clear uh, there's a clear attendance issue. I don't think anybody is disputing that, but this specific game, I think there were a lot of other factors at hand here that uh, went into keeping people from coming or dissuading them from coming. 
Yeah, and it's not really going to get better this coming week because we have a 2 p.m. kickoff. Again, these are these weird windows here, right? They're, they're not really a specific television window. Um, the 2 p.m. kickoff, the Pac-12 network games get these like weird times that they start. So it's not going to get that much better. And then the week after, next week, it's an 11 a.m. Well, kickoff. Well, not... Yeah, the, not only is the timing for this week bad, but uh, it's also supposed to rain. It already is raining in Los Angeles a little bit. Um, plus, the air quality is, is a little brutal right now because of all the, the fires in Southern California. So there's some there's some legitimate reasons to not go to this game on Saturday. I was fully planning on going to tailgate, and now it's a little bit up in the air because it's supposed to... There's a 60 plus percent chance of rain right now yeah i, I think the ucla has a, a fan problem is not a a new problem it's just been exacerbated now with some of these individual game factors that we just talked about but really the main factor is that we've been terrible for four years we have had the worst four-year run in our football program's history um so anyways i don't want to belabor the fan point we can get to the game we can get to the game, um, and the game was kind of a nightmare to start. <laughs> it was exactly what you don't want to see. Uh, it is something that you should not see from a fifth-year coach, um, but we saw it, and it was largely just a special teams nightmare. Um, I, I I was at a loss for words watching that, and I was incredibly incredibly um angry for the first 20 to 30 minutes of this game shouldn't have been surprising but i was yeah i would say let's start with the positives from the game um the biggest Uh, glass glass half glass half full the biggest positive for me despite some of the issues which we'll get to the defense and i know it's bowling green and it's a it's an inferior opponent that didn't have a very good season or a good offense last year. But UCLA has had a habit of making any offense they play look competent, right? I mean, with just pretty much no rush, uh, people making teams who are not able to run the ball all of a sudden be able to gash us for six, seven yards a carry. This was probably, I have, I'd have to say, the best defensive performance of the Chip Kelly era. And just given how the defense has been for four years now, we, we, we have to be excited by, about anything when it comes to that. I'd say this and LSU last year, uh, where you know LSU just inex, inex, inexplicably decided to throw like 50, 60 times or whatever the number was. Um, I would say the best performances that we've had under Chip. Starting with the front, uh, I think the Murphy twins, uh, they, they, came, they came as advertised. They, they looked the part just to start, right? They, just, they looked the part fast, athletic. Um, you know, looking like they could play, you know, rush backer at the next level if if that opportunity were to come. You know, Darius Masao had some nice plays in there. The secondary, I think, you know, after a little shaky start, they, they, they tackled really well. Uh, the, the moment, because Bowling Green runs a lot of, you know, spread looks, five wide, four wide, and the moment a player caught the ball, uh, you know, there was pursuit, got the, got them down. Uh, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, even if it only resulted in two sacks. I thought there were a lot of, you know, passes affected by the rush. The pocket was collapsing. So I think that is the biggest positive to come out of this. Obviously, it is only Bowling Green. Um, so we have to see kind of 
how that progresses over these next two weeks, but not just that, how the second and third team players kind of come in behind them because still I I think they played. I don't know if we got a whole lot of impression of them in this game. That's, I think, the biggest positive. The other positive, I think, is the thing we already know. You know, Zach Charbonnet is really good. Uh, I think he took some pretty you know questionable blocking at portions of the game, made guys miss, ran them over, all that fun stuff, and eventually got over 100 yards despite the fact that, you know, early on we were trying to throw it around a little bit. So I would say those two are the big positives. Okay, what needs to be worked on? Uh, I'll start. It wasn't, parts of this game were just insanely ugly. So the really and ugly most parts. Of it was from ugly, most of it was from UCLA. Yeah. It was not, not nothing, no offense to Bowling Green, but it was nothing Bowling Green did. It was mostly everything UCLA did. Yeah, I'm going to start with the thing we probably talked about the most uh, in the offseason, and I'm going to get to the special teams last because that was the biggest just calamity. Um, the offensive line. I, Horrible. I, I, we entered the season concerned, and I am s- still concerned, and I think in a few weeks we might be terrified. Uh, you know, the, the left side of the line, I thought, that was the side we had the most success running to, uh, with Antonio Maffi and Raekwon O'Neal. It looks like those were, that's the side where, if we're gonna get some consistent blocking, it's gonna come there because the right side of the line, uh, they struggled a lot. And, and Bowling Green, I think, you know, I, I don't know if they read the UCLA scouting on the UCLA sites or whatever it was, but I think they 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 identified this as a weakness and they said we're gonna bring pressure. Uh, throughout the game and they brought it and early on they got home a couple times they affected some throws um, that terrible interception from DTR really inexplicable for a fifth year quarterback to be making that mistake but I that th- was that was bad it, it, it was reminiscent of, of like DTR freshman year right yeah exactly right. freshman sophomore DTR but I think a lot of that came because Bowling Green kept sending pressure and there was this like just thing in DTR said I got to get the ball out right now and he didn't need to on that play. Um, so I think you know, that's going to be a big thing. Garrett DiGiorgio really struggled. Um, the right, so I, think, I think the right side of the offensive line, uh, you know, we, we made some of their guys look like Chris, Chris Jenkins or Julius Peppers out there. So that's going to be something to really watch. And then now let's get to the real problem. Um, you know, actually, before, <laughs> before, before the special things, the other thing I'll say uh, – the receivers and tight ends, I expect a little bit more there, if I'm being fully honest. I, I Yeah, Kaz Allen I thought had a good game, but I expected Jake Boba to win more of his matchups. I expected our tight ends to win a few more matchups. You know, Josiah Norwood had a good game there. Kaz Allen had a, had a Ka- good game. Kaz looked like a weapon. Kaz looked like a weapon. He, he did, and, and Chip clearly had an emphasis to use him, which is great, because I remember a couple years ago when we had Demetric Felton, you know, and it was like, when are we going to give the ball to this guy? He's our best player. Um, so that's good. All right, so the special teams. Let's talk about do we, that. Do we need to? I mean, <laughs> it, I don't know. Maybe we're, we're going to talk probably a lot more about it than UCLA does. Because I, I think a longstanding thing that people may not know about UCLA, they don't offer – this this coaching staff, they don't offer scholarships to specialist players. Um, and that's not just the kicker and the punter. Because, yes, our kicker and punter right now is a walk-on, which is Nicholas Barmira, and he struggled a whole lot, right? I mean, uh, missed. One of them was a the, the end of the game. That was like a 45-yarder or so. That's a little bit more forgivable in college, I think. 
But that first one, man, I mean, what was that, 28 Something yards, like chip that. shot? Yeah, come on. So that's going to be a concern all year long, and I've just I followed too many teams where when you can't kick, it just puts so much pressure on you to convert third and fourth downs, and, and that's something I think we're going to have to deal with as the season goes on. The punt block team oh and the punt God. return team, just punt team, punt team overall, I would say. Um, you know, there's the obvious plays we all saw, right? The punt block to start the game was just, that was terrible. Um, just allowing a guy to just come free and, and block the punter, uh, you know, that was really bad. But then you had some other plays that just made you think, like, I mean, what are we doing in terms of, like, practicing the punt team here? Like, Jake Bobo is the kick returner. He wears number nine. Some other players wearing number nine, so UCL has to burn a timeout and then give Jake Bobo another jersey to come out there. Um, and then, like, he ends up getting, like, just smacked on the next punt, right? Um, and then he muffs a punt later and then didn't call fair catch on the next, like, return where he's in, clearly, like, inside distance close but to But we did not have a great game. Um, and I think, to your point, we were all expecting a little bit more out of him as this this new receiver coming in that's supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, very good. And, and I didn't see that out of him for most of that game. Yeah, and again, like overall punt team, like we, we play with the same kicker and punter. That's an issue in and of itself, which I don't know why, you know, yeah, that, that's an issue by itself. But, you know, the, the fact that you're trotting out, you know, players that wear the same number on your <laughs> punt team, like that 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 kind of stuff tells me you're, you're not paying attention to special teams, maybe at the, the rate that you should be. Uh, just in overall preparation and in practice. And it would reflect the fact that UCLA doesn't recruit specialist players. I mean, some of these Midwest schools that we talk about, I mean, they, they recruit heavily for special teams. And we don't got to be at that level. But, I mean, take the Kansas States and Iowas and all these teams of the world. I mean, they recruit the kicker, they recruit the punter, but they also recruit the long snapper. They recruit the gunners. We used to do right? that they recruit people. not more less than, what, four or five years ago under more. I mean, we would always go – get you know very highly ranked kickers and highly ranked long snappers and um ucla for i would say under rick neuheisel the uh kicking unit was probably the best offensive unit on the team so there's <laughs> punting is winning oh god right i mean there, if we could bring some punting is winning on this team then maybe it would actually be a little it would be kind of good honestly <laughs> we have i mean we have some we have a history of having good units in that, in those positions, and we just, I don't, I don't know what we're doing with it right now. It's, it's an absolute disaster, and we're lucky that Bowling Green was not very good. But this against a better opponent would have cost us the game. Yeah, I'm gonna go a step further. This is something to watch over these next few weeks. Oh, for sure. Because, because, because special teams. I mean, when you're not decent at it like the great teams uh in college football like you don't pay attention to their special teams because they're so well drilled in it that you just don't have to um but when you're always giving up like field position and you're just you're under so much pressure because you can't kick field goals like ucla is not good enough to where they can just overcompensate for these kind of mistakes over and over in conference play they're just not so and, and the issues that we saw um like the field goal kicking, we got to see how that. I mean, Barmira was 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 all right last year. We got to see how he improves this year. Um, you would think, you know, 
punt team, you would hope that we can just field punts uh, like properly and you know just get the ball back at, at a reasonable rate. So yeah, I mean we we, we got to see how this goes because that can be a huge blocker for us this year. I, I if I'm to, going to predict this, uh, it's not going to go well for us. But that's just me. Yep, I think so too. So well, it is definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't know what will be done to improve it, especially if we just don't have the personnel or the talent there. But, you know, I think there are certain things, like you said, cleaning up the mishaps on, like, jersey changes and things like that that we can do better on so we don't have to, like, burn a timeout or lose uh, or get penalties, things like that, that need to be done, and that's at the coaching level. Um that that needs to be addressed. Um, the one thing I also wanted to flag was DTR. Um, I think minus the one interception, he looked pretty good. Um, I, he had a solid game, I'd say, uh, outside of that throw, which is going to mask a lot of all the good things he did. But, uh, yeah, he did have it, a pretty, pretty solid it game. It was a boneheaded freshman sophomore year dtr thing to do but taking that away from from the the bigger picture though i i think he had a pretty good game he made some good throws he used his legs very well um and he was able to and he he did throw the ball away uh, which is something that we've seen him do in the last couple years so i i hope that we can protect him better he deserves that (laughs) I, I can't blame him too much for that interception in that context where he's getting hit by Bowling Green of all teams constantly. So if he tried to push it a little bit and force it a little bit, I, I get it. Um, I just don't want that to become a problem going forward, obviously, but the, that offensive line is going to need to step it up to make sure he is not going to get hurt or sacked ten times a game. Um, but I think overall he, he had a pretty solid game and I was encouraged by how he bounced back after the, the INT. I mean, he continued to play well. And also I think it is, you know, first game back, um, maybe a little rust there. So, uh, I, I, that is something that I'll keep an eye on personally. Like, is he forcing throws? Is he doing boneheaded things? But I would say overall, I'd give him a solid B to B plus for this this game. Yeah, and I think what we want to see out of DTR, you know, in these next few games here leading into Utah, because because Colorado is pretty bad uh, here too. So if we just look at our upcoming schedule, uh, we got obviously the three clean profs to start the season. Then we got you know Colorado, and then we got Utah. So I think as we lead in. To that game, or sorry, we got Washington first. So he's leading to Washington um, and Colorado to start, you know, conference play. If we can cut down and just just eliminate those kind of mistakes, because again, I, I just I keep coming back to this. You know, if, if we're gonna make mistakes on special teams the whole year, and if we're gonna uh, and and the defense did well for this game, we got to see how they improve. I don't think we're good enough. To where if we're going to make mistakes like that against the better teams that we'll be able to recover from it so if we can just eliminate that from our from his game i think that'd be great dtr the other i think good thing is you know 
I, I still remember early on in his tenure at UCLA when he would just get so much stick from fans for all the mistakes he was making. My, my big contention always was that, you know, why don't we use his legs more? We're trying to make him to be, you know, some pro-style Peyton Manning-type passer, which he obviously wasn't early on in his still career. Still and, and still isn't. And if you look at his time at UCLA, like every single year, he's rushed for like 200 to 300 more yards than the previous season. So last year we had for 609. He's already off to 87 this year. So if we can add that element to the to his game more consistently, I think we might need to, given that our offensive line looks like it's going to struggle uh, against the better teams. We're going to need to equate some numbers and gain some some matchup advantages by having the defense respect the quarterback as a runner. Um, so that's also something I think to, to watch out for. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I think that's his strength as being that dual threat guy. I, I I don't want to discount his passing ability because he I think has become a pretty good passer. But to add that second element that he isn't naturally just adept at is is stupid. It's like trying to play with like one hand tied behind his back. Like why are we not utilizing that and. I am encouraged to see that we did use it a little bit more this time. I don't know. I, I I can't recall any, like, specifically called quarterback running plays off the top of my head. Maybe there were a couple, but I would like to see more of that. Um, not necessarily, like, option plays that we ran last year that necessarily were not executed or designed great, but just some quarterback-designed runs that get him into space I think would be would be good to see going forward um yeah so we got a game this weekend we do that's apparently going to be in the rain maybe maybe not unsure but it's still supposed to be pretty warm and it was probably be very humid so our opponent is Alabama State they just beat a team called Miles College 21 to 13 in week one. So this is going to be one of those games where we could probably name the score. Um, you know, we're, we, we can pr- pretty much, you know, if, if we want to just come out and, and push them around for the entire game, um, we probably could do that. W- what are you watching for otherwise though, in this game? Like what, what are the things you want to look for? This, this is game? going to be a game where I don't think we're going to be able to take much from the defense, even if it dominates, like, great not not much to not much to take from that i i want to see and and even the o-line i don't know what we'll be able to take from it if they can protect dtr against alabama state like it's not a very good data point here what i do want to see though is some of these backups coming in what are the second and third string guys look like? Because there's football, there will be injuries, so we need to make sure that we're ready to um, have guys step up, and will we be able to do that? That's what I'm kind of looking for in this game. Like, Hopefully we can let the, the first team run for a quarter to get, you know, put up a, a big enough score to where we can put those second, third string guys in. Um, and I just want to see how they perform. Um, in a real live game situation the other thing i would love to see is actually special teams and how they've if they've um they've cleaned anything up 
Yeah, and the improvement we're looking from special teams is, again, uh, pretty standard stuff, right? Catch the ball, don't have guys with the same number out there, protect a punter, right? So, like, this is pretty standard stuff. I think the biggest team, thing out of this game, because like you said, there's there's not going to be much to take away from it. Um, we're going to be playing against guys where that were probably, like, the linemen are probably going to be 30, 40 pounds bigger than them. Um, so it's, yeah, there's not much to take away from it. I think the biggest thing for me is can we play a cleaner game than we did? Because we still had nine penalties in this game. We had two turnovers. Uh, you know, we had a punt blocked. If we can, can we just clean these things up and just play a clean game from, from beginning to end, including the backups? Uh, I think that would be the biggest measure more than anything. Because if we see ourselves, you know, come out and be – the score is going to be pretty lopsided and I'll give you my score prediction. I think it's going to be like, you know, if we want to get to 60, we can get to 60. You know what I'm going to say? We, we, we can get to about 60 in this game, 60 to three, if we want to, or 60 to, to 14. But in the middle of that, you know, that's because we get a few big plays and, you know, still are getting penalized and we throw a bad interception or someone drops the ball like that's what i don't want to see because for us to reach the potential that we have this year i think we have to eliminate the mistakes we are clearly not talented enough to where we can beat good teams by making mistakes definitely not um we we will need to be playing pretty clean games against better opponents um to have a chance to win and right now what I'm seeing is a solid team that has a lot of question marks around some key areas, which we've been saying for a while. Um, just because of the softness of our schedule, I think we will win a lot of those games. But based on what I saw, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost to Colorado. Like, I just, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Colorado has more talent than Bowling Green. Um Colorado got smacked around this opening weekend uh, by, by, by TCU. So if we lose to Colorado, I think that's very telling. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, on, on a couple levels, Colorado is always good at getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, they're, they're always good at, at, at generating a, a pass rush. And I think any team that has a good pass rush is going to be able to affect DTR and Again, like if he's going to race his clock a bit and make some mistakes, then we can lose to anybody. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be afraid of anybody at this point who, who can rush the passer. The big caveat to this is, you know, is this defense for real? Like We don't know that yet. We don't know. Um, you know, Based on Bowling Green, we can tell that they're not going to be an abomination, right, like, like they maybe have been for a couple of these early Chip Kelly seasons. Maybe. So uh, we'll see. You know, we got we got to see. We got to see how much of a jump we can make there. Yeah. But yeah, this weekend, uh, it, it's. I'll I'll say you know what my final prediction. I'll say, how about, fifty six to ten. How about that? I'm gonna temper my expectations, and I will be in. I I I'll say forty two, to ten. All right. There I we think have. we're gonna we're gonna stay, take the foot off the gas a little bit, but perhaps we will, perhaps. And 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 by the way, the only way to get to like this 
10 or whatever the number is we're talking about is if we give them the ball in a position where they can just get a first down and get some points. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see how special teams do. <laughs> um, anyways, I think um, that's all we have for today. Um, you know, there's some exciting stuff in basketball recruiting in the pipeline. We'll cover one, one half that actually comes out and is uh, comes to fruition. Um, UCLA women's soccer beat number one and number two Duke and UNC on the road and now are currently ranked number one, so they're very, very good. Um, yeah, other than that, I think um, that's uh, that's a wrap for us. Let's talk next week after yet another weird kickoff time and uh, not so great opponent in the rain in humidity in in the rain in the humidity and, and, in, and in smoky air yeah if 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 five people show up to this game I'll, I'll be I'll be happy <laughs> uh, we've come to this all right and with that we will sign off um, we will catch you guys next week go Bruins Go Bruins.